Steve, happy Monday afternoon. We've never done this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've done some in the afternoon for sure. Come on. On a Monday minute? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> Things are a little so. busy. <laughs> Things are a little busy. Yeah, I had a fourth grade field trip this morning. That was uh, thrilling to say the least. And uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Life. Yeah, yeah. I got a four, a five-day-old little baby boy at home, so running on about uh, four hours of sleep over the last week. I feel like <laughs> forgetting your shoes when you go hiking. Yeah, I forgot some shoes. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but man, We're stuff. You didn't let it stop you. You hiked in flip flops, sixty-five pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's dedication right there. Yeah, got stuff <laughs> up the feet, man. Um, so we wanted to get back on talking about new product a bit. Uh, we kind of threw some things out there a few weeks ago at this point. Now it wasn't intentional to go a few weeks, uh, before diving in deeper, but again, life, um, and talk about more of what's changing, what's coming with the XO line, with the new K3 line. And, you know, the previous Monday minute, we talked more about the origins, design philosophy, how we go about, changing product, making new product, et cetera. That was Monday Minute 34. So today we're going to get a little bit deeper into actually what is changing. Um, and exciting stuff, we've even released some teasers and sneak peeks uh, as recently as just on Friday. So just want to, before we dive into the info, remind you guys, if you want to make sure you, you don't miss updates, um, just go to xomountaingear.com forward slash 2019. You can enter your email there. And you'll get future updates as we release more specs and photos and videos and all that good stuff. Uh, but Steve, man, kick us off. We got a new frame coming, some new bags coming, which we'll talk about. So this uh, in this podcast, we're going to go pretty high level with kind of what's changing. Um, so talk a little bit about the K3 frame, and then we'll, we'll get into some of those details about what's changing on that. Uh, yeah, so so high level, brand new frame that basically will replace the K2. We'll sell them side by side for a little bit, but... The you know, I imagine by the end of summer, the K2 will be phased out. We'll probably put it up at a small discount or something, depending on if we have any stock left. And then, yeah, we'll just be full on in the K3 frame. For us, it's um, we'll just always, you know, in that idea of keeping things simple, we just will have one frame. We probably won't have a heavy-duty frame and an ultralight frame. To me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? It's just let's build the best frame that we possibly can be and – uh, the weight is what it is. So uh, that's one thing that we've really strived to do with K3 is get all the performance and features that we want and keep the weight uh, down to a minimum, you know, and, and lighter than the K2 frame was. And then um, so you, you'll be seeing a new frame and that's got all sorts of new features, which we'll talk about here. And then also all four new bags that are coming. We'll have an 1800, which that'll come probably in August. It's kind of is lagging behind the other ones. Uh, from a design perspective, and then 3,200, 4,800, 6,400 are going to be the three kind of main bag sizes. And we really wanted to kind of one the, for the 3,200. I wanted to build it, that pack's basically built for me, uh, exactly like my packing style, my hunting style, just super lightweight. 3,200 is like that perfect size. Of I can get all my gear in there. I could go do you know easily do that four or five day hunt, and um, and it's nice small compact package. And then we getting a lot of guys. You know, it's not a actually it's not a lot of guys, but there's a portion of guys who do truly need a big sixty four hundred ish pack uh, for that you know Alaska sheep hunt, 
the late season stuff when you're going in for 10 days you know there's just food starts adding up and, and we knew we needed to make a really big bag and that's what that 6400 is that thing's freaking huge uh, <laughs> you know it it does you know in um in the design of it, we made sure when it's empty and compressed up to the frame, you would never, ever guess that it gets as big as it does because everything's tight. There's not a single looser floppy piece of fabric when it's empty. So uh, like our packs have always been, you could easily day hunt with that 6400. And, and besides the extra fabric that you're kind of compressing up, you really don't know. You have a big bag until you expand everything out. Um, and then the 4800 is kind of smack dab in the middle. We think it's going to hit a really sweet spot the 5500 uh, is a popular pack uh, for sure and and we wanted to kind of find something right in between the 35 and 55 for just versatility kind of your do everything pack that's the one um, the, the 32 and 64 were the ones that i was most concerned about with weight and then on the 4800 i wanted to have a little bit more full featured one and so that's the one we did a full horseshoe zipper on it's got uh, a zippered stash pocket kind of built into it. Uh, if you're familiar with our 2000 bag, it's pretty much that um, configuration of how it lays out. With just it's bigger and it's got side pockets. Um, everything else from a high level though really stays the same. You know, we get a lot of compliments on our bags. We we are really really happy with how they've um, how the design lays out on them, how efficient they are to get in and out of packing your gear. And again, it's always built around that backpacking mentality of packing up in the morning, taking all the gear you need with you all day, and then um, um, and then when you get to you know you're hunting, you have easy access to everything, and then at night times when you open the pack back up. But um, we did some new features, extended the zippers out to give better access on the 32 and 64, which makes a huge difference. I was kind of surprised. One of those things you do it, and then you're like, whoa, that made way more of a difference than I was anticipating. Um, added a uh, new basically a dry pocket is what we're calling it and it's where you're going to put your water uh, bladder in it's basically zippered access from the top right behind the head you'd get into it and and this is going to give you really quick easy access to your water bladder so you don't got to unload a bunch of stuff out of the bag to get to it which you know a lot of guys depending on how you're filtering it's you know you need to get your bladder out frequently or sometimes you just need to be able to get to your like look at your bladder and see how much water you have in there to know, and that's going to allow you to have that really easy access. But what we did was kind of pleat and oversize that pocket pretty substantially so that it um, you could put wet stuff in there, basically wet rain jacket, wet tent fly, anything that you want to keep separate from your gear. You basically have this built-in pocket that runs that full back panel of the bag. Uh, and drop your tent and, and stuff in there. So it's going to be pretty, pretty small um, or pretty handy feature that's just kind of a small little change. But I think once guys start using that in the field, they're, they're really, really going to dig it. Yeah, those little seeming little things can make a big difference, as you mentioned. I, I'm really excited to see how that one plays out for sure because loading wet gear is never fun. And then, you know, God forbid, I've never had water bladder issues, but plenty of guys do. And so it could even help with that. There's all kinds of goodness there. Um, hit on the frame, some of the changes, again, we're staying kind of high level. There's a lot we could talk about with minute changes and the impact they have and all that, but like from a high level, just hit on a couple options with the frame itself. So material, and then the adjustability in terms of height options on this new frame. Yeah. Um, 
so the goal with the K3, and we're calling it the K3 Spider Frame. Uh, it's kind of a I'll ramble here, but it's kind of a funny story. Literally, <laughs> I figured out a, a, a different name for uh, the frame. You know, we knew we were going to call it K3. Just kind of, we had the skeleton, and then it became that turned into the K2, and then out of the K3. Um, and it was kind of hinting at that it's this isn't a radical new design. It's very much building off the K2 platform with just some new nice features added and adjustability and things like that. Um, so the the spider frame, I was uh, out a couple of weeks ago with a big 6,400 bag and I had it filled up completely fully. I mean, literally everything I could find in my garage and my backpacking and hunting bins, I stuffed in that sucker and it was about 70 pounds by the time I filled that thing completely up. Of I had like 10 fuel canisters and two sleeping bags and four or five sleeping pads, like everything I had laying around it took to fill that thing up. And um, I was uh, I was out there testing just kind of movement. It's a big bag, right? So it's got a lot of uh, weight up and away from your body, more so than you know, a 3,200 full. And I was testing movement and seeing how it felt. And then it felt really, really great. So I, I literally started like jumping from rock to rock, um, almost doing like parkour movements on, on this trail up Table Rock. And uh, I was just giggling to myself because uh, if somebody saw me, they would have thought this guy was out of his freaking mind. It was, <laughs> it was freaking running up and running up and down rocks and jumping from one to the other. And it was pretty. Um, it's not to toot our own horn here, but I was pretty freaking impressed by I could have the bag that full and literally jump like four feet from rock to rock, and I was jumping left and right. Um, and so I was joking that I was a spider monkey running around up in the rocks when I called you. And that's kind of where a spider frame came from. So, yeah. but it does highlight what we're trying to achieve with the design, right? Is is have you've got this perfect, um, you know, blending of this rigid frame that carries weight and transfers weight exceptionally well to your to your hips, and a rigid frame that doesn't distort uh, the shape, no matter what you put in it. But also, we're marrying that up with moving with the human body and working with you instead of against you. So the whole goal there is, is to have this frame that just follows your body as your shoulders rotate and your hips rotate. Um, it's following and working with you, which in the end, in our opinion, really helps prevent hot spots and rubbing and, and pressure points and stuff like that. Cause you don't have, you're not trying to marry up uh, this super rigid uh, thing with a body that's moving and dynamic. And that's always our goal with the frame is, is to have this thing move with you. And, and there's a lot of things that we did um, in the new design to, to do that. So yeah. um, I guess from uh, – I'm sitting here looking at a photo of the frame, just kind of running through stuff. We One of the things – I'm just going to start top to bottom here. Uh, one of the things we wanted to address was getting the bag on and off the frame. Um, it's definitely – Traditionally, or you've always had to take our load lifter straps off and then this bag lip kind of folded off at the top of that. And I really racked my brain for a long time trying to figure out a really simple, clean solution and tried probably a dozen different things. And they always just, you know, there was a pro and then a con and just trying to balance that out. Eventually, we ended up just doing, I stumbled on it one day and it's so stupid simple that you're like, how did I not think of that before? We basically took the lip of the bag and if, if you're familiar with our product, you know what that is. And now it's basically three overlapping Velcro flaps. So there's two flaps that come from the side and then one that comes up and over. And what that does is really just speed up the process of getting the bag off the frame. Um, what, one thing that we would run into, guys would unhook the load lifters from the top and then forget to hook them back up. So they'd 
get their pack on and start hiking out and you'd have this big floppy mess, right? Cause the strap's not connecting to the top of the frame. And, uh, it's one of the reasons we wanted to, to do that as well. So we really getting the frame off the bag. I think, um, we're probably traditionally have been one of the easier companies that has a system like this to do that. And now it's hands down the easiest. It, it just takes a few seconds. You peel the Velcro off and you're, uh, the bag's off frame and you're throwing meat on there and you're off and running. Um, Coming down to the harness, that was, um, man, I I really wanted to increase breathability. Sweat is something that that you that you battle out there from scent pers- um, scent perspective, from just keeping dry if it's cold and and maybe you've only got a a small 500 foot climb or something to your glassing point. Uh, just being ha- being able to have that ventilation is pretty critical, and I attested. I don't know how many different combinations of putting the holes in the foam, putting different fabric on there, creating ventilation stripes through it. Um, I did everything. And at the end of the day, frankly, I never saw really too many tangible difference other than spacer mesh versus a solid fabric. And I really, uh, really debated this decision back and forth a lot because, guys, the spacer mesh is prone to kind of collecting pine needles. And you do have to be kind of careful when, when you – set it down where you're setting it down. Um, but the performance on the breathability and just kind of the overall comfort of that, of just staying drier way outweighs to me the inconvenience of a few pine needles here and there. So, uh, that's a long story on this, on the thing, basically to say we, we stayed basically the same as we've always been. We've had spacer mesh on the harness and then a solid fabric on the waist belt where you've already got so many layers of clothes, going on down there with your underwear and shirt and pant all kind of overlapping that having solid fabric there, the breathability, you just don't even notice the difference. Um, but one thing that we did in the harness, which is as far as I know, I did some research. I have not seen any other company hunting or backpacking world do this. Um, I built, and I really stumbled on it one day, just out hiking. I built stretch panels in the top of the harness, so it's from the shoulder down to the shoulder blade. Uh, so basically working back towards your back, there's these little four-inch stretch panels. Instead of having that be Cordura up top that's going to have basically no stretch to it, um, we, we sewed these into the top of it. And the best way, and I'm sure this is hard to visualize, but the best way of describing it is that they act like shocks. Um, they, they give the effect of having much thicker padding in the harness without actually having to have that thick padding there. Uh, you really notice this when, if you put if you put a little more load on your shoulders and have like 60 pounds in the pack, and if you kind of jump off a rock, you know, maybe it's a foot tall or whatever, just where you have a kind of a sudden impact hitting the ground, you really actually can feel that working. The reality is it's working all the time. Um, it, every step you take, there's just this little bit of extra shock and give, and it's something that um, one of those small little tweaks and differences, but one of those things that to me makes a huge difference at the end of a you know a 10 to 15 mile day in the mountains, of, especially if you're hiking with heavy loads, just kind of reduces that impact in the kind of loading and fatigue on your shoulders. I'm pretty excited about that feature. It's very simple, um, but I think once guys use it. Um, or get used to it, they're going to be, they're going to love it. So, and the other thing it does is it gives a little bit of stretch. So if you can imagine like drawing your bow or something like that, as you kind of roll your shoulder over it, it just has a little bit of give with it. 
And um, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool little feature that I'm definitely definitely excited about. Um, keep rambling here. So moving down to the lumbar pad and the hip belt, we did some pretty unique stuff here. One complaint that we had uh, fairly consistently among the really skinny guys or the guys with no butt, basically saying that you have a flat back, is that they had to get the belt a lot tighter than they felt comfortable doing with heavy loads to prevent a little like the lumbar pad from sliding down and sitting more on the top of their butt versus in the in the the uh, curve of their lower back or lack thereof um and i really really worked at addressing that problem or at the same time not alienating or or, or causing a problem for everybody else because it's definitely a small percentage i don't know if it's five percent or ten percent but it's not ex- exceptionally common that we get that complaint, but it was one that consistently popped up over the years. And one thing to do there was essentially increase the lumbar pressure so that it's, you know, there's more pressure at your lower back, which more pressure could lead to discomfort, but it also leads to it grabbing on more right there. Um, and so we actually narrowed up the bottom of the frame and the lumbar pad by one inch. So instead of being uh, eight inches wide at the very, very bottom of the frame, it's now seven inches wide. And then another thing we did uh, on the backside of the lumbar pad, it Velcros off from the bottom, folds up, and kind of swings out, basically. we've You're going to get um, – it'll come with one, and then you're going to order an extra one as an accessory. Just these little foam inserts that you can adjust the thickness uh, of the lumbar pad so you can you could it'll come with one in it which is pretty much the equivalent of how a k2 frame ships of how that all lays out um, but you could take one out or you could stack two on top of there and it's just going to give guys you know a little bit of an adjustment there we, we wanted to do that and we, we obviously didn't invent this other companies do it um, but we wanted to we've always wanted to keep things simple and we struggled with how to execute that in a very simple simple manner and in this way, is, I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. Um, and then we also really refined and honed the the shape and the curve of the lumbar pad. It looks, it's an inch narrower, but it's actually an inch taller as well. It just doesn't look like it. Um, and it's the exact same inch and a half foam, dual density, uh, laminated foam, inch and a half thick, dual density foam that we've always used, uh, which has been a really great performer for us. Um, so you have... Uh, in that lumbar pad itself inside the sleeve, there's a super soft one inch open cell foam laminated to a more dense uh, Evazote foam that it, basically the soft foam works great. It's nice and cushy with 30 pounds. And then when you put 100 pounds in there, you actually max that out and then you hit the dense foam, which is always going to have a little bit of give and cushion to it, no matter how much weight you put in that. So, um, kind of a lot of things going on there in the lumbar pad but they all add up to giving you quite a bit of an adjustment as well as working really well depending on the load condition whether it's super light or super heavy heavy basically um and then the next thing we did that i'm really really excited about again very simple was we we came up with the idea a few years ago of finding a way to make a belt adjustable uh, one of the biggest things that we've run into you know we've with as you know, you, we have our small, medium, and large belt sizes. One of the things, an, an issue was for the guy who's in between sizing, right? Because with, uh, say, your 
in between a small and a medium. So that would put you at like a 33 inch waist for us. The with light loads in the pack, you'd have been great. But then once you put a heavy load in the pack, you always kind of have to get that belt tighter to keep things from slipping down and you would max that out. So the guy would kind of have to pick his battle. Does he want a belt that maybe, you know, um, well, we've always said that always have it small air on the small side because the worst thing that could happen is with 100 pounds in the pack and you know a five mile pack out you can't get that belt tight enough and it's so critical that the the weight gets to the hips and stays on the hips instead of sitting on your shoulders that you're better off to have slightly less comfortable belt um with your 30 pounds in the pack because it's you know sitting further out on your sides and not wrapping around the front as much versus uh, you know, the, the really discomfort that would happen with that pack out and maxing the belt out, um, long, long winded way of saying we wanted to be able to make the belt adjustable so that you could fine tune that we played around for two years with lots of different ideas, but finally settled on essentially just it's, uh, overlapping Velcro flaps. And, and we have these rigid, uh, wings that are sewn to the plastic behind the lumbar pad. Uh, and they extend out four inches and, and basically extend into the belt. And from there, you can adjust each side in and out now one inch. So um, you could take a small belt and may, basically make it almost a medium uh, just within you know 30 seconds sitting there in front of you. So guys are going to be able to fine-tune and dial that in. Ideally, you want the the buckles on the foam or on the front of the hip belt at – and basically the edge of the foam to wrap around the front of your hip bones. Uh, that's kind of the ideal position, but you're going to be able to play with this and, and fine tune it. It's done in a very simple way. You would never, ever know that features there until somebody pointed it out to you. Um, so it's unobtrusive and super lightweight and just freaking awesome. As far as I'm concerned, I'm really excited that we we're able to do that. Um, one of the other things that those wings I mentioned, we, we use this really expensive rigid foam. It's a quarter inch thick. They said so they're sewn to that plastic and extend out. Those help. They, they're probably the biggest contributor to eliminating the sag that we talked about for the guys who are with skinny or no butt. And they really help, um, all body shapes and sizes cause they're, uh, they're foam. So they still got give and movement to it. Some companies you'll see out there will do like a really, you know, a pretty stiff plastic that goes into there. And, and the problem with plastic is it's, it, it's very one dimensional, right? It's rigid one way and it's not going to fold and move with your hip bones or say you're overweight and you got love handles. That's going to dig, you know, that plastic's going to eventually dig into you. So this foam is this perfect kind of combination of providing that rigidity there while at the same time it's got some move and give to it and it could, it could bend in and then kind of bend back out. Um, and kind of work with your body instead of fighting it. Um, so those wings, they extend out into the belt and they basically, you can kind of imagine it's like extending a strut out into that belt where it's going to aid in, in that support and, and you don't have to get the belt as tight now. Um, and really, really going to help the guys who are skinny with no butt on that. You know, once they throw that a bunch of weight in the pack, they really, really knocks down the sag that would happen. So um rambling here just looking at the picture but i'd say last but not least is we knew we wanted to do a taller frame option it's something that we've always struggled with in that we love keeping things simple and clean 
we want we don't want you to go to our website and be overwhelmed with all the options that you got to pick from this or that. And you know, at some point, I think again a couple of years ago, we came up with the idea of like how can we make a frame actually adjustable in the field so you can adjust the height and do that in a really simple, efficient way. And just kind of I don't, I don't remember I know it was well over a year ago when we came up with this current design of um, basically we right now our entire frame panel basically lumbar pad all the way up to the top of the load lifters is one sheet of fabric well we divided right at the lumbar pad uh, we basically split the fabric in half and now you have two parts you have the frame lower and the frame upper and they just use overlapping velcro flaps and you basically can then adjust the height of the frame. So we, we made these, we have these machined aluminum inserts that go into the bottom of this, of our half inch frame. Uh, it's tubular aluminum. Um, and you, it's, they insert one way and it makes the frame 25 inches tall. And then, so you can hunt for me and you, you know, you're, I'm 5'11, you're what, 6'2, 6'3? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we're, we're right in that sweet spot of hunting. Uh, with a 25-inch frame, really, you really don't need the load lifter sticking up too high. A, a frame sticking up too high above your head is just kind of annoying when you're trying to go through like brush and things like that. Uh, so you can hunt at 25, and the second you kill something, all you got to do is you've, you've already basically got the bag off the frame because you're probably about ready to put meat on it. You just lift up that flap, pull the slide the frame lower off, flip the caps around the, the inserts, and all of a sudden you have a 26 and a half inch frame. It's once you've done it once, it's literally a 30 second process. You can flip that around and now you can pack out with a 26 and a half inch tall frame. So we got the best of both worlds. We, we were able to do that 25 inch frame height for 98% of the time when you're hunting and you don't really need a tall frame. And then when you are packing out, when you've got that hundred pound load plus you flip that thing around, make it taller uh, and, and you get a little bit more comfort coming out. It, it sits higher. The load lifters come off at a steeper angle, so you can kind of help keep the load off your shoulders a little bit more. Um, and then, so we're to kind of backtrack a little bit. We'll have that 25 to 26 and a half inch option, and then we're also going to have a 24 to 25 and a half inch option. So I'd say, as a, I know we're working on a, a graph. You're working on it for for guys to kind of help dissect which way to go. Um, but essentially I'd say five, 10 ish and under you would go with the 24 to 25 and a half inch option. And then over five, 10, you'd go the 25 to 26 and a half inch option. And we'll, we'll break it down and make it really simple for guys to make that decision. Cause frankly, really your height has nothing to do with it. it, it with it. It's all about your torso length. So you could be five, nine with extremely short legs and a long torso and, and, and want that taller frame, but we'll, we'll make that super clear for guys on which direction to go. Um, that's kind of high level of the frame. There's a bunch of other little things going on with it. Um, but as far as the, you know, you got the adjustable height with the, with the inserts in the bottom, the new wings that allow you to adjust the belt in and out and the new, um, essentially stretch panels in the, in the top of the shoulder harness that, that kind of work with you and, and have a little bit of, uh, give to them so that when you're, you know, humping it down the trail, it just uh, eliminates that kind of impact on your shoulder. It's really I got the the harness is split now into two separate pieces. It's always traditionally been sewn together in the middle, and that is another thing that you can you have a little bit of play in and out, up and down. 
some guys have like a really jacked up collarbone on one side and prefer to run that harness like a half inch higher than the other side to kind of help keep weight off of it. So you've got some play there as well. Um, but I said I was I've done hikes where I'll run one side with the new stretch panel and one side with the static, you know, Cordura sewn and webbing on top of it. And the difference is um, pretty substantial. You got to you uh, really can if you're paying attention to it, you can really feel the difference there. So uh, again. This is all um, done in like a simple, lightweight, clean package. It's got all these cool new features, uh, in my opinion, um, but done in a very unobtrusive way to where you could just look at it and go, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, it's kind of one of those I things. I just want to go hunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's always our goal, right? Just keep these, keep it simple. We don't want you messing with the pack. Just get it fitted, throw it on, and forget about it, you know. Um, but We've, we were able to add all these features, like I said, in, in a very clean, unobtrusive way to where um, it's it's there when you need it. And then if you don't, you don't ever have to worry about it. You're not packing extra weight around. We didn't have to bulk, bulk things up or add a bunch of fabric and buckles and stuff to get these features. We just kind of going back to that first Monday minute we did, um, I was able to do all this stuff through just kind of smarter design, just really – really paying attention and, and working through it and, and fleshing out all the, the pros and cons and, and getting to an end product that, you know, I, I'm just extremely excited about. I, you mentioned in the beginning, I did hike our table rock trail today and, and flip flops with 65 pounds. And, uh, I mean, it felt like I was, uh, I don't know. I felt like having no weight in the pack at all. I was uh, truly impressed with, with how it's carrying weight. And I really, really can't wait, uh, for the, the, you know, the public to, to get the pack and start playing with it. Yeah. That's a good, uh, good drinking from a fire hose segment there. (laughs) (laughs) If guys like want to see more of this, um, just cause I'm sure some of these changes are, are hard to picture like here in that audio only, and we'll have definitely more coming in terms of videos, but we released some sneak peek photos, um, actually just last Friday. So if you guys were on the, the wait list, the email list, you should have an email with those. Um, or if you just want to get to them directly, just go to exomountaingear.com and then just type forward slash group. And that's actually going to redirect you over to Facebook. Uh, and there's a Facebook group there for Exo Mountain Gear users. Um, and we post those posted those photos there. And then there's some like discussion there, some um, question and answer in those comments. So if you guys are hearing this and want to actually see some of that, you can see some of that in photos. And then we'll have more coming as well. Um, one thing I don't know that we mentioned explicitly, Steve, is you mentioned aluminum in there, which might throw a wrench to some guys because they're <laughs> like, wait, I thought you were titanium. Yeah. Um, so talk about K794, the new material that we're using and why. Um, yeah, so we we found this new material. Actually, it's a really kind of a crazy story. I was coming home, I think, from ATA show a few years back and, and sat next to this materials engineer. He's an aerospace materials engineer on a on plane flight. And I uh, just got talking to him about, you know, once he figured out I was on a backpack company and would design packs. He wasn't a hunter, but he was a backpacker. And uh, so we, you know, just started talking and talked the whole flight home. And um, one thing I talked about was we used titanium. And he said, that's super unique. And uh, we were just, you know, ra- randomly talking about it. And I said, yeah, we've been, you know, I'm always looking for new and cool materials. And he's like, well, have you heard about K794 aluminum i know i have no freaking clue what you're talking about and the second he said aluminum i'm like well it's not going to be as cool as our titan you know as perform as well as our titanium 
Um, and he's like, no, it's actually, this is incredible stuff. It's, it's basically going to achieve identical strength to your titanium, but do it in about 20 to 25% lighter package. And I was like, whoa, okay, I need to pay attention to that. So, um, got a little bit more information from them, like the company that makes it, uh, it's called Kaiser Aluminum USA. Um, they, that company really specializes in, uh, aerospace, military, stuff like that, like really high tech aluminum stuff. Um, one randomly, I, some guy had, we'd posted up and some guy had said something about, uh, that NASCAR uses aluminum as well. Cause it's crazy, um, crazy high strength stuff, but it does it, um, at, at the end of the day, uh, I'm rambling here, but the customer saves two ounces versus our titanium frame and the frames every bit as strong. I mean, it's the actual real world in the field. Um, you could throw both these packs off a cliff and they could tumble and tumble and tumble and, and nothing would ever bend or break on them. They're just absolute bomb proof. So, um, it's really cool. We're excited about it. And, um, you know, it's just, we, when I set out working on the, the K3 frame, I wanted to save weight everywhere I could. And we were able to drop two ounces there, which is a pretty big number. Um, so yeah, we're pretty, pretty excited about all of it. It's, there's a lot of new things going on. At the same time, I think you could look at a K3 frame from across the room, and and really, uh, it's going to look pretty similar to a K2. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's one thing that's going to be very interesting about this process. And as some guys just seen a photo, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, it looks a little different," but I'm not sure much has changed there. But then you get into the details, and this is going to be the same, honestly, of the bags as well. It's like it's not just a different bag size. Like there's more going on to that, but the way that it's achieved is almost deceiving until you get your hands on it and like really work with it and understand it. Yeah. I think I was describing to somebody on the, on the new frame. I think you'll instantly, you know, most guys are going to put it on and go, Oh yeah, that feels good. I think the more you use it, the more you're going to learn to appreciate everything that it's doing. Cause you're not, some features you'll never know until you throw 120 pounds of meat and horns on there and pack something out, right? Which you could hunt, you know, somebody could hunt an entire season and not feel that. Or there's just going to be certain scenarios and conditions where just these little things kind of add up that, um, you know, I think it's definitely a situation where it's the sum of all these little changes that add up to it being uh, a better frame than the K2. And that was the goal, right? We're not uh, we're not going to come out with a product that's inferior. And that, and part of the reason it took two years to do this was I, I've gone through so many different iterations and design, um, gone down different design paths that perform outperformed the K2 in certain areas, but not in others. Right. And, and it's kind of like I had to have that total package of, of basically you could throw a scenario at me and I could, you know, go, yep, going to perform better. And this is why. Um, and I wanted to be able to do that for every option that, that we encounter as hunters. So, and, and more so. Cool. Well, more to come on that. Uh, if you guys made it this far, kudos, congratulations. <laughs> That's a lot of information, uh, right, especially yeah, for I, a Monday minute. <laughs> I started talking about, I mean, I said, I know we mentioned that first podcast. I obsess about this stuff. Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. So it's I can definitely ramble. Yeah, for sure. So if you again, I've mentioned these already, but if guys are wanting more, number one, exomountaingear.com forward slash twenty nineteen. That'll get you on the email list just to make sure that you get like as we release more information and videos and sneak peeks. Um, and then if you weren't on that list and missed the sneak peek photos we sent out, um, exomountaingear.com forward slash group. 
that'll take you to Facebook. You don't need a Facebook account if you're one of those guys, um, but you can still see the photos and stuff like that. So if you want to actually see more of what we talked about today, um, that'd be the place to do it. Steve, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll keep these Monday minutes going. We apologize for everybody for taking a few weeks. Kind of had, had some delays. And meanwhile in there, I had a son. And um, so kind of, yeah, been busy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs>